Thomas here from Happier, Happy Work, Happier Life, episode 20, here with Chris Brown, the founder and director of Rethink HK. Today we discuss trends in sustainability-related jobs, tips and advice for applicants, and how you can get more involved in sustainability, including the Rethink 2020 events. So if you're interested, tune in for this podcast. Thank you, Chris, for joining us today. Can you give a quick introduction about yourself and what you're doing? Sure. Firstly, thanks for having me along. Uh, So I'm Chris Brown. I'm the founder of Rethink HK, uh, which is Hong Kong's most ambitious sustainability event for business. Uh, And that's been conceived as a business forum and solutions expo uh, to help businesses in Hong Kong accelerate change towards a more sustainable future. That's awesome. How how did you end up conceiving this idea and where did it where did it start okay i conceived i mean i conceived the idea because no one else was doing it mm-hmm. um so there was there was a gap uh a gap in hong kong to pull together change makers uh sustainability practitioners and business leaders uh to to provide them with a platform for impact collaboration and action um it was driven by my own personal interest in sustainability Uh, so when i moved to hong kong in 2015 uh, i was very frustrated uh about the the lack of kind of facilities uh certainly where i was living at the time uh to kind of around recycling obviously a lack of space to have uh veggie patch things like that which i had was lucky uh, i'd become accustomed to those uh, back in the uk Uh, and so when i had the opportunity to uh, leave my previous job and uh, I decided that I had the 20, nearly 20 years of experience of running professional B2B events. Uh, mm-hmm. That was always going to be the, my next step. Um, I just uh, I needed to find my purpose uh, and link that to my to my passion and my skill set. So eventually we ended up with with Rethink. It took a while uh, to, to, to clearly to, to, to define it. Uh, it took a while to fully understand what was the pain points of the Hong Kong ecosystem. Because there's no point in in spending a lot of time, effort, and money on producing an event if your audience don't actually want it or need it. Exactly. Yeah. So you weren't always in sustainability. You were more into B two B events and organizing. Um, how did you How did you find your passion, your vision? How did you take the leap, leaving a comfortable lifestyle to entrepreneurship yeah. to sustainability? Yeah. I mean, it was a big leap. When, uh, yeah, as I said, when I left my, my previous role, which I'd been in for nearly nine, nine years as, a, as part of a kind of a medium, medium size, glo- global events company, um, I realized that my skill sets, uh, but also my, I guess, just who I am as a person, were always going to lead me down the entrepreneurial path. Um, I perhaps, I'm a, uh, certainly a control freak. I like doing it my way, that's for sure. But there was something. I guess there was something missing, uh, and I hadn't didn't re- I didn't realize that until I had to really think about it. Um, you know, I think I'd spent those um, you know f- whatever fifteen at the time fifteen seventeen years of my career moving from different organizers, getting incredible amount of experience of a, amount of experience in different industries, understanding what makes successful events successful. Um, successful events are, are ones that truly represent the community that they're there for um they certainly should never take for granted their the opportunity that industries give them because that can be taken away from you very quickly uh so 
the the experience I had uh, firstly working in the UK organizing health healthcare events uh, that started to give me an insight. And this is only looking back that I realize it. I didn't get it at the time that uh, organizing healthcare events you're you're playing a, a very significant role in the professional education of of healthcare professionals, which is you know when you if you look at that from an outsider's perspective, it's a hugely important role. But as I said at the time, I didn't really think about it like that. So when I had the opportunity to, you know, design my, you know, future, uh, start from scratch, it was always going to be with a sense of purpose. I mean, I, I don't think I used that phrase at the big, at the time, but the more I've become uh, aware of the uh, the kind of processes and what's important around driving sustainability from a business perspective. Uh, you know, so the word purpose is, you know, now fully ingrained into me and I've designed not only the event, but also the the business that sits behind the event, but also my life uh, is mm. significantly more purposeful now than it, than it was 18 months ago or you know, two years ago. And guess what? It feels good, you know, having purpose and having defined your purpose and being able to bring that to life, like, like we do with something like we think, um, I consider myself very lucky. You know, we have we have a fun job bringing stakeholders together, bringing together uh, or kind of bringing expertise to life in a, in a live event mm. format is a pretty cool thing to be doing. And hopefully, we you know with some because we're doing it in you know in sustainability. The idea of this event is that it actually makes a difference. Given everything going on with COVID nineteen, people are starting to sit at home, work from home, and think about their lives and what they're doing. Do you have any? tricks or advice for people to find their purposes mm. more efficiently and quicker uh no <laughs> i don't think it, i don't think there's any shortcuts i think your purpose probably finds you as just as much as you find it so yeah again i, I guess I, i'm lucky that i've been able to find a purpose which hopefully you know has a has impact because you know our the way the event has been designed is that we are uh, we're a neutral platform, so we're not using it as any kind of you know, political platform. Um, we don't have any kind of stakeholder agenda. Uh, we're not lent on by anyone to take the agenda in a specific direction. We have a completely open door policy in terms of collaboration. And I mean, I'd like to talk about collaboration a bit more because it's so important. Uh, and that is, that's pretty fresh and different in, in, in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're in, completely independent. Uh, of course, we ha- we we set expectations, uh, and we obviously have expectations on us by our sponsors, our partners, our delegates. But with thirty-five years of event organising between us, uh, you know, we have the experience, we have the skill sets to be able to listen to our sta- stakeholders, understand what they're trying to achieve, and in in some way help them achieve it. You know, we are not the answer. To uh, you know, to sustainability in Hong Kong, but I th- I think I believe that rethink can be can be part of it. Yep. And so what I'm hearing is, I guess people continuing doing what they're doing, exploring different passions, and then the purpose will just one day get to them. I guess I, that's definitely my experience. Okay. Um, I think if you go hunting for it, you're probably gonna struggle to find it. I think it's something that, um, in most people's cases. Come, you know, comes to them through 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 what they do, mm. um, and if they, you know, if if they find something that they are passionate about uh, and they're good at and they enjoy doing, which I was very lucky to you know find a career that 
was all those things. Uh, and then out of that has, has I've been able to identify a, you know, a purpose, which is adds a completely new dimension to, to it's very existential, but, uh, adds, you know, a new dimension to, you know, to, to who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I said, led me to design my business in a, in a, in a similar way. And hopefully that message, you know, comes across and, uh, can be, um, adopted by, by others. Awesome. Now I want to jump into sustainability. Sure. So, I mean, given the situation with COVID-19, it seems that more people are becoming aware of sustainability. What, what are some trends you've seen in the world and particularly in Hong Kong around sustainability and sustainability jobs and roles? Sure. I, I mean, I'm certainly aware that there is an increase in the number of sustainability professionals and practitioners. Okay. Um, that's for sure. That is just from some arbitrary LinkedIn searching. Searching, uh, You can see that over the last nine months, there's been a significant increase in people with sustainability in their job titles in Hong Kong. That's oh, wow. like, that's fact. That's awesome. So that's, it's awesome. Absolutely. There's obviously there's an in- increase in the number of graduates coming out of uh, the, the main unis, having studied uh, environmental science, uh, environmental technology, corporate sustainability. Uh, and obviously, they are, they are the future of this city from a term from terms of a, a sustainable development perspective. But in terms of wider global trends, um, sure. I mean, obviously, the Greta effect has had a you know huge impact globally on people's consciousness. Um, that's then probably been multiplied by a trillion times because of because of COVID. Mm. Um, how is that being recognised in Hong Kong? I think is a, is a little trickier. Um, there are huge challenges in Hong Kong uh, around around sustainability. Um, my opinion is that it, it is the responsibility of of businesses to adopt and change and adapt um, for different reasons. I mean, you, there are different levers. I, I talk about different levers that you can pull in terms of encouraging someone to to change and look to look towards a more sustainable future. So you can pull the you can pull the risk lever. So you can tell them that there are significant risks to the future uh, profitability, viability, security of their of their business if they don't adapt. Um, and they could be adapting to mitigate climate change. So if uh, if globally we don't put a cap on the uh, the a- average temperature increase, the sea level is going to go up. And if you own big if you own property, that's a risk because your property could be underwater or a bit of it could be underwater anyway. So there's a risk. Then how do you, how do you translate that message to the guy who owns a printing shop in Shung Wan? Yeah. 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 It's really challenging. So how, what, what are the risks to his future business? So there's there's a lot of conversations that have got to be had at, I guess, high, super high level, conglomerate level, government level, but inevitably that change is going to hit that guy running running a, a printing shop in in, in down there in, in Shenghua. Uh Now, whether that's because of the the climate change and the waters come up and his shops underwater, or whether the government put in rules and regulations and compliance around the products and services that you are legally allowed to or not allowed to sell, or whether it's the changing customer demand, mm-hmm. is the customer consciousness. Gonna, gonna. When is the customer consciousness gonna change so that they are demanding more sustainable products and services from you? 
my opinion is the sooner you realize that and adapt and change, the brighter your future is. So you are, you know, you're thriving in a, in a green economy rather than just surviving. How can a person in a large conglomerate or a company really push sustainability initiatives within their company? Sure. Especially if they're, you know, fresh grads or um, young people who are yeah. like entering the workforce. Yeah. Um, I mean, they are in a powerful position, I think. Um, y- young people, uh, fresh grads that are going into, into corporates, uh, I think, have a very, very important role to play. So corporates in general um, are, get it. Yeah. They understand why why we need to change they understand that there are risks um how we do it is you know slightly different slightly different question and obviously different organizations different industries have got different barriers to to that change but also they have different opportunities that will come from 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 adaption um so we got i mean we started to talk a little bit about collaboration and you know i think the 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 youth or the young play a hugely important role in being able to exercise their uh, opinions, exercise their goals and ambitions. And if cor- actually, it doesn't matter if it's a corporate or not, but if corporates want to employ the best talents, then they need to be running a company that the that those young professionals want to work for. Mm-hmm. The values of a company now are, are so much more under the microscope than I think they've, well, than they've ever been. Yeah. And certainly when, when we were uh, recruiting recently, uh, we were recruiting uh, as part of the government's green graduate scheme. So, you know, we were recruiting fresh graduates from who studied sustainability or environmental science, uh, and they know what they're talking about. You know, they are fresh off the production line in terms of, you know, uh, of, of the, the knowledge they've got, the experience they've got, but the passion and drive. So, you know, we were as much under the microscope as, you know, it was definitely a two-way interview, put it that, mm. put it that way. They wanted to know what our values were, what we want to achieve as, a, as an organization, what we can offer them. Um, I'm not saying all the interviews were good because they weren't. <laughs> um, some of them were horrific, but um, the, the ones that get it, the ones that have the passion, um, I think could be hugely influential. And I encourage any, I, I don't know how the scheme is is progressing. Uh, I encourage anyone who is looking for some, looking to recruit graduates to, to have a look at that, have a look at the government uh, green graduate scheme, I think it's called. So it's really about collaboration and leveraging your talent and I guess pulling different levers to really get corporates to take initiatives into becoming more sustainable. I want to dive into what made the good interviews good and the bad (laughs) interviews bad. But before that, I want to take a step back and focus on sustainability jobs. So for fresh grads going into these jobs, what, what do they need to consider when they're thinking about sustainability job? What does a sustainability job entail? Mm. And how can they really upskill themselves to make them more attractive? Sure. Ultimately, sustainability needs to be embedded in, in every in, in every function, um, in every step of a uh, of an organization's value chain. Now, whether that's external and you're on the in your traditional supply chain, so you know the the goods and services that come into your business uh, and the goods and services that go out of your business. Um, but crucially, is the the, the those internal stakeholders um the relationships the values of a, of a business the culture it has will determine how quickly and successfully it can drive a sustainable a sustainability culture um that is i mean i'm not an i'm not an expert on it but that is pretty much guaranteed if you can create or generate 
um, a, a culture of empowerment, uh, a, a culture that has a, you know, a, a consciousness about the role that an organization plays within its community, within its industry, uh, and as a, you know, I guess an entity on this, on this planet, then you will have, you will have a, 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 a more effective and efficient workforce. So ultimately, you know, it, it, it is a, it's a, it's a strategy, strategy to have a more successful business. And I think that is only going to become more and more poignant and it will be the rule as opposed to the exception. So companies or I guess the roles in sustainability, they, they span all different departments. They have to. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you know, traditionally sustainability roles may have sat in either procurement, um, but now clearly there is the, the, the evolution of the sustainability professional, but it still remains that, um, you know, the, the marketeers and the operations and finance and obviously HR from a people perspective have to have an understanding of, of what sustainability means, what the purpose of their, the business is, uh, and the, the kind of the, the, the pathways that that organization wants to go on. So every, you know, it, like, like it does normally, every function of the business has has to be aligned, and that's no different from sustainability. It's just that in order to to set those initial strategies and pathways, you know, a sustainability expert uh, is you know is needed to be able to, to 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 set that agenda. So, as a fresh graduate going to a company, um, will would I be applying for a specific? sustainability job or just any job and then incorporating sustainability into my job? Um, I mean, I think both. Obviously, the, the, those graduates that have studied sustainability-related sustainability, sustainability uh, course or clearly have an advantage going going into corporates and, and getting dedicated sustainability roles. However, uh, I think a sustainability uh, graduate, sorry, a graduate who has studied elements of sustainability who wants to go, wants to go into, an, into a function, I think has a huge advantage. So, you know, going into marketing, but with a background of, of, of sustainability puts you at a, ma- a massive advantage equally into procurement or finance, because inevitably that's where, it, there it, where it's going to go. And I know that HKUST are doing a, a really good job at that. So obviously they run dedicated sustainability degrees or qualifications, but also they're looking to embed sustainable thinking into all their other disciplines as well. Say so I wasn't as fortunate as the other students who had this of this formal training in sustainability. Um, can I still get into sustainability, say coming from a finance background or marketing background, but no official mm. roles? It's a good question. I, uh, I mean, I would like to say, I would like to think so. I would like to think anyone that has the passion and the drive and the purpose, if they found it, to be able to take their financial experience or, or marketing experience uh, and execute that within a sustainability role. Or how can I improve my qualifications I don't have to get that sustainability mm. job? Oh, I mean, there are uh, an exponential number of of, of courses, um, you know, part time, full time, masters, uh, certificates that are becoming available. Um, I mean, the most renowned is through is CISL through Cambridge University, um, but there are other domestic courses delivered here in Hong Kong um, that can be taken. Uh, you know, part-time evening courses to give that, to give you that insight, to reinforce your, I guess, your interest in sustainability, to turn that into a, uh, a recognized qualification to support your, you know, your core skill sets. So you mentioned 
when people are applying for jobs, it's really a two-way conversation. Sure. What what can people who are applying for sustainability roles look at to make sure they're joining the right company mm-hmm. and to make sure that the company or role they're joining is actually focusing on impact instead of greenwashing? Uh, I think from from my experience, I think the rules are the rules are the same. It doesn't matter what job you're applying for, whether it's you're going to wanting to be an accountant or a going to finance or a marketeer or or um i don't know it doesn't matter um from our recent experience um it was it would have been very so we had 240 applicants for one job um we got that down to 12 who we interviewed and that was quite easy which would it sounds a bit weird considering we have 240 applicants but it's a lot it's a lot of applicants sure um, but also there was a lot of rubbish in there. Um, just no effort put into their just presenting their CV. Um, clearly where people had copied and pasted other people's CVs and forgotten to take bits out. Um, and if if these young graduates and young professionals are serious about getting jobs that they want, um, then at the moment, anyway, sadly, it looks re- relatively easy to stand out. Um, like you know, the job market is depressed. Um, recruiters and employers are going to be looking i've got the opportunity to really um identify the the best talent uh and i don't from our again only for, only from our experience the vast majority of those candidates were were not putting themselves in a position where they would even get considered um so my advice to to them is is try and stand out um you know and that starts from your you know from your from your cv um and your application process because if you're good enough and you've got the passion, you've got to get through the door first. And there may well have been, you know, candidates that didn't get through the door that you know were passionate and did have the did have purpose, but they let themselves down in those in those very early stages. How do they do that? Oh well, by having not good CVs. What what makes a CV not good? Like well, as you just said, so poorly. No, so no no kind of design function to it at all. I mean, there were some funny ones on there where yeah, I said they'd clearly. Used a template, pasted, yeah. used a template to create their CV, and you know, not taking some of those template elements out. And yeah, you know, we took the, we took the we took this at that recruitment process very seriously. I mean, obviously, we want to hire the right people, but one of the conditions of the government funding scheme is that the if you bring someone into the business, they then can't be replaced in terms of the funding. So we had to get it, we had to get it right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's perhaps why we went through a few more stages than we would have done normally. But, you know, I'm glad we did because we ended up with a, a superstar who blew it, blew us away uh, in both presentation, uh, submission of task, and then pre- face-to-face presentation. Um, I, yeah, when, when we were holding, we did, when we were conducting the final interview, I mean, I, I had to say to her that you know, there's, no guarantee, there's no guarantee that you're going to get the job. But um, I was just so grateful grateful they she had put in such effort uh, and clearly wanted the job clearly was qualified for it and it was so refreshing it was it was uh, impossible to, uh, to to say no so uh, yeah she started with us earlier this week it's amazing congrats yeah, thanks how many different rounds did you have or what goes into your interview process okay so um obviously we had initial uh, cv submissions mm-hmm. which is where we got the 200 and something um, some of those just didn't qualify for the funding for the government subsidy, so mm. that was that was that was an easy process to 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 with to take them out. So I think that got us down to about sixty 
60 were eligible for the for the subsidy scheme um then it's just that was just a few long nights of, of going through cvs and putting them into three piles um then we got down to 12 and that's when we asked the, the 12 candidates to produce a task um so that was a written task um and because of the nature of what we do so um, producing the rethink event we asked them to produce a one-day uh conference program on any topic of sustainability that they that they that they wished um we then received though we received them obviously by email uh, we then asked six of them to come in to present those uh to do those uh to present their the task followed by a conventional interview um then we had the tough decision of deciding between the final two so after they get past the cv round they make it to the interview and the project uh project yeah before the interview yeah project um what do you look for in a project like how can people ensure that the project they submit will get them to the final interview sure um i think the probably the most important uh criteria criteria or element of that was read the instructions that sounds pretty simple though. you would think so wouldn't you um so i i'm trying to remember now out of the 12 projects probably only eight actually fulfilled the brief oh wow yep so understand what it is that you're being asked to do um and if you don't understand what you're being asked to do ask so the my biggest bugbear of of the whole process was was this that we would would go through the after they present the projects we'd sit down and have the conventional interview um and we i explained at the beginning what the process would be so uh, i'll give you an overview of the business talk about my background karen's background where we come from what we're trying to achieve then ask ask um, you some questions about your CV. Talk a few questions about your project, and then you'll have the opportunity to ask us some questions. Okay, cool. Yep, everyone's like, yeah, great. Okay, yep. we go through it, get to the end, um, and it's their turn to ask any questions. And out of twelve, guess how many asked questions? I, I would hope all of them. Two, two. Yeah. So two of the candidates that we are meeting face to face had a question. And what about the others? They just didn't have questions. Oh wow! Yeah, crazy. So, and like, and we were like, "You sure? Don't have any questions? You don't want to know?" No, 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 no. I think we've covered everything. We, I mean, we had not covered everything. I promise you. So, uh, and in our feedback to them afterwards, um, obviously there was individual individual feedback about their either their presentation or what they produce. But you know, we said to them, you know, you, you had an opportunity there to to question us, to ask us about the role, about us individually, about the event. You know, you you know that our event is coming up in six weeks' time. Would you like to know how it's going? Uh, would you like to know who the sponsors are, who the speakers are? But uh, just so either uh, we went through that process and they realized they just weren't interested mm-hmm. um, or they don't understand what's going to get them a job. So the ones that didn't ask questions, did you flat out put those aside or did you give some of them a chance? If uh, the some of them got a chance. Yeah. Okay. What What differentiated those people that got a chance compared to those that it probably would have been the you know, the, pre- the the project presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think they they tend to be ve- they were tend they tended to be very you know the detail orientated presentations. So, like technically, they were very good. So, the the, the project they had done was you know, was good or excellent. Um, and it kind of it just it justified how being given another uh, another chance. Uh, whereas some the the rest of them, I guess you know both both elements were were you know, not up to scratch. So I want to transition a bit to a more general, I guess, 
feeling for sustainability related jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an intern in our company that's very passionate about sustainability. Okay. And so she was wondering, um, how do you how do you see the social attitude towards sustainability, uh, especially with jobs? Um, you know, the money making versus passion. Yeah. And then even within companies, the planet versus profit. What What's your take on that? Uh, so I count uh, myself very lucky that we were able to start the business and design the business from 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 scratch, putting purpose and profit alongside each other. So the, the way the event is designed is very transparent. We will only generate revenues and we will only therefore generate profits if we deliver what we say we're going to deliver. And that is an ev- event that is impactful, uh, has a purpose uh, and generates action. Uh, and we want all of our stakeholders to fully understand that. There's, we're not hiding behind anything. Uh, and I, I hope that the way that the event has been designed, um, so just for clarity, so we donate all of our delegate fees to charity. So we don't keep um, any, we don't make any money, we don't keep any profit from from delegates attending. So there is a di- direct, transparent impact that comes from being a sponsor, being an attendee, being a speaker, being a supporting partner. And... Yeah, it's it's a it's a great way to to be running a business. Um, it's you know we don't have yeah we don't have to hide behind anything. And if we deliver what we say we're going to deliver, then uh, organisations will come on board. They will want to be part of that. Um, they either have products, services, and solutions that they want to promote and sell, um, or they want to kind of underwrite the dialogue in Hong Kong. They want the sustainability discussion to evolve and to accelerate. And uh, rethink is a platform for for them to be able to to contribute to, um, and also you know I've, I've des- designed the business in a, in an equitable way. So everyone who works for me and for the for our, for our business is a shareholder. So they have a you know a vested interest in 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 the in the business being successful. Um, you know we also you know do things other ways. There's no real you know there's no start time, there's no finish time, um, and it just start with 100% trust. So I trust you to come into the business with the skills that you've got and the passion that you've got and do the best that you can to achieve our collective goals. And as a as a professional or young professional, I'm going to trust you to do that. Um, and it's such a much more refreshing way to run a business than, than I know perhaps traditionally organizations are set up in Hong Kong. Sounds like a great company culture. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, and I'm excited about growing it. I know there's only four of us at the moment, and you know, uh, it will be it will be exciting over the, the next couple of years as we're able to grow the event and grow the team to to be able to offer that to to more people. So, I guess there's not really a planet versus profit. You're doing both at the same time, so they're not mutually exclusive. Uh-uh. So that I think that's a, a misconception many people have about sustainability. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I mean, it's probably a fair misconception. I think that. You know, it takes a takes a, certainly for big organi- established organizations. Change change is difficult for anyone, whether you, me, governments, businesses, anyone. Change is change is challenging. You know, so it's great to see the diversity and inclusion yep. movement um, exponentially kind of growing and blossoming in in Hong Kong. Um, the community business of doing a fantastic job of championing uh, diversity and inclusion in in Hong Kong. Uh, and we're so pleased to be to be collaborating with with them, uh, and that's what it takes. You know, it takes organisations to to look at the the way that they fit into society, uh, and how 
society is represented within their organization as well. So we're seeing a big change in companies, businesses evolving with COVID-19. There's more sustainability-related jobs growing, especially in Hong Kong. Where do you see the future of sustainability, particularly in Hong Kong? Okay, so, I mean, Hong Kong has obligations under the Paris Agreement. Um, so we are mandated to, to, to change and to improve. Um, you're, better off, you're better off speaking to some scientists about how well we're doing at, at that. But in areas of, uh, of corporate sustainability, um, there's still big, big challenges to be had. Um, there are some organizations that are doing a fantastic job. Um, perhaps they don't shout about it quite as much as they should. Um, that, that's, that's, in my opinion, is why. Um, there's a lot of hard work from some very passionate and talented people going on behind the scenes within that organization that um, they, I believe they should be shouting about a bit more and hopefully they, hopefully they will be. Um, but within traditional Chinese business models, that, you know, it's very challenging. Um, and I hope uh, and I, I expect that we will see um, policy change come uh, in, the near, in the near future that starts to mandate that change. Um, and we, we will then see the acceleration of, of Hong Kong as a more sustainable city um, where uh, perhaps the, you know, the, the, the dollar is uh, you know, slightly less prevalent than it, than it is at the moment. Uh, and that purpose and um, equity uh, amongst communities is, is is valued as much. That's a big hope, though. Do you think the number of jobs in sustainability will be continuing to grow? Definitely. Okay, that's yep. that's good for all the young people who are trying to get. But definitely, like it, you know, it, it it's not like it has to. It will absolutely as organizations realize that they need to change and adapt. And they need to understand how they do that from a um, from a responsible and sustainable way. Then, absolutely, there will be a and probably exponential increase in the demand for uh, sustainability graduates, sustainability practitioners, sustainability professionals. Which so, is good if you're running an event for sustainability people. Yeah, that's yeah. actually my next question: yeah. <laughs> is how can people get more involved in sustainability? especially if their own jobs aren't really dealing with it directly. Mm. Um, what events, how can they find out more about these like yours? And I also it. want you to share about Rethink as well. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so Rethink has been designed to offer insight to all functions. So it's, this it is not just for sustainability, defined sustainability professionals. Um, so we, we design content that is relevant to different functions from within a business and we also design content that is relevant to the challenges that a business is facing. So whether you're in procurement or operations or finance or marketing or HR or, or obviously sustainability, then we have this cross section of, of, of content that is going to help you overcome some of the challenges that you're facing, whether they're internal or, or external challenges. Um, so you don't have to be a sustainability professional to to come to our rethink event. Mm. Um, I mean, this year, this year's event in October is is sold out. So actually, if you're not coming, you can't come. Sorry, but hopefully <laughs> uh, for next year's event in June, we're moving to a much larger venue, much uh, incre increased capacity. Uh, so we'll be able to widen the scope uh, of the delegate profile, start to bring, start to put on some dedicated content for SMEs, which is hugely important in Hong Kong. There are 300 something thousand SMEs in Hong Kong are the backbone of the backbone of the economy uh, and they are 
going to be the companies that get hit by the the changes in you know, consumer behavior and consumer demand. If they don't adapt and change, if they don't start start to adapt and, sh- and change now, eventually when those rules and regulations change or when the consumers finally decide that they're not going to shop in that shop because of A, B or C, mm. uh, it's too late to change. You would have would have taken a taken a big hit by then. So um yeah, our the 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 exciting things that we're working on for next year. Um We'll, yeah, we'll certainly start to offer sort of more content for, 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 for smaller businesses. So, I mean, it's a great problem to have is having your events sell out. I know. Well, that's, I mean, one reason for that is obviously we, we, we've had to postpone it. Originally we were in June, mm. then we were meant to be today. So today was oh, wow. meant to be our opening day, um, but we postponed till the end of October, which obviously was the right decision. Mm. So some of them, some of our lovely, amazing delegates, you know, booked their place in February, March. So they oh, would have been waiting a long time. Yeah. Um, so we've had a, an extraordinarily long kind of um, period where delegates could book. But okay. yeah, we sold out at the end of, end of July. We sold out for a September event. Um, so like really over the moon at the at the demand. And we still get emails every day of people asking for, for tickets and the waiting list is kind of crazy long. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, but it is what it is. You know, we can only fit so many people into the venue this year um and we're at the wonderful k11 uh atelier in quarry bay um one of hong kong's most sustainable buildings so we're in, we're in the right place yeah uh but moving to a bigger kind of convention uh sized event uh, venue next year 8th and 9th of june uh with four times the content uh so yeah already started the plans for next year so for those who are on the waiting list or couldn't get tickets what can they do this year to make an impact or learn more about sustainability. Sure. Uh, so after the event, we will be we will be circulating some of the content. Uh, we're not able to circulate all of it. Um, so through our social media channels, and that will be freely available. So we won't we won't charge for for that content. Apart from the content that Rethink um, uh, distributes, there are a lot of channels now that have uh, great r- regular content uh, about driving sustainability uh, within your organisation. So. It shouldn't be too hard uh, for 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 those that are passionate. Uh, my advice would be engage with NGOs. NGOs play a hugely important role in in, in driving sustainability, whether that be from an environmental uh, impact or whether it be from a from a social impact. Uh, and yeah, there are lots, lots certainly the the event partners we have, and lots of other NGOs who can help help organisations to to rally their teams uh and it used to be kind of be from a csr perspective um but the impact that that those that that can generate again either from an imp- uh, environmental perspective or, or or from a social impact is is hugely influential my last question is how can people connect with you with rethink and learn more about all the great stuff you're doing we've worked it out so you can just type in rethink hk uh into whatever search engine you wish to use uh, and you can find us uh i'm I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Chris Brown, Rethink, you find me. Um, yeah, so all the normal social media channels, website, rethink-event.com. Uh, and delighted to hear from anyone who is passionate about sustainability, whether they want to learn more or they've got a story to tell about how they've driven sustainable development within their organization, um, uh, and especially in- industry and sustainability organizations that can contribute towards the the conversation at next year's event. It's all about collaboration. For sure, it is, 100%. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for your time today. 
Thank you for all the great advice and just the sharing. It was really great. Thank you so much. Thank you.